You are listening to audio from The Creek Church. If you would like more information about The Creek, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. Well, Easter sure looks different this year. I'm so glad you're joining us, but as different as Easter looks, here's the truth. Here's the good news. He is risen. You guys, he is risen. We celebrate that this weekend. Man, just wherever you're at, can you just say that? He is risen. He is risen. That's what changes everything in our life. And and, and I, we're here today at Capernaum Studios up in uh, uh, Peaster, Texas. And I'm in front of the tomb. And you know what? I checked inside. It's still empty. And that's what we celebrate today. But but as we go into our Easter message, I just want us to understand we celebrate an empty tomb. We celebrate a resurrected Savior. But the truth is it was a brutal three days. From that Friday to Sunday morning, Jesus was beaten. He was crucified. He was hung between two thieves. He died. He gave up his life for us, but he rose again. And he has scars that prove that. He has scars on his hands and on his feet. He has scars where he bore the the crown of thorns. He has scars on his back from the cat of nine tails. And, And those scars tell a beautiful story. And that's what I want to center in on this Easter message is, is our scars and the story that those scars begin to tell. And, and I'm reminded of a, a man named Thomas. He was one of the disciples and he got the name Doubting Thomas. And after Jesus's resurrection, uh, Jesus had appeared to the disciples, but Thomas hadn't seen him yet. And, and when the disciples uh, talked to Thomas, he says, I'm not believing it. And it's, that story is found in John chapter 20. And it starts out this way. It says, now Thomas, one of the 12, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. This is after his resurrection. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But Thomas said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. And and this is where Thomas gets that name, Doubting Thomas. But what you're going to see is Jesus doesn't rebuke Thomas for his doubt, he rebukes him for his unbelief. He says, unless I can touch this and I can put my fingers in there and touch it, then, then I won't believe. And so we, we wrestle with doubts all the time. And, and Jesus doesn't, doesn't rebuke us for doubts because doubt really is, doubt is an intellectual issue. Doubt is I want to believe, but I'm, I'm struggling to get over this hump. Unbelief is a heart issue. It's I won't believe it. And so Thomas has set up an argument here. And I don't know why he wasn't with the other disciples when, when Jesus showed up. I don't know, maybe what we talked about last week, maybe he was experiencing some disappointment um, because we see throughout scripture that Thomas was a courageous man. He was a man that walked in faith with Jesus, but he wasn't there in this time. And Jesus appears to the disciples. Uh, Thomas shows up with them. And it says when they told him that Jesus had been resurrected, that, that means... In, in, the, in the Greek, what that is saying is they continually told him. They kept saying, Thomas, he's raised. Thomas, he's alive. Thomas, he's been resurrected. And Thomas says, unless I can see and touch, I'm not believing. And I'm wondering if, if it, could it be that, that maybe Thomas needed to connect with Jesus through the wounds? Maybe Thomas needed to know because he had seen Jesus on the cross. He'd seen the nails go in. He'd seen the, the wounds that he, he bore for us. And maybe Thomas just says, I, I need to connect with the wounds because, because we're a lot like that. I mean, we, we, we carry scars, we carry wounds. And, 
And a lot of times we find our connection with other people through our wounds. And, and, and that might be the thing that starts connection, but that can't sustain that connection because then it becomes, how do we one up our wounded stories? I mean, guys do this. I mean, we've got scars. I mean, guys have scars and, and we like to get macho about it and like, well, that's, I see that scar, but I'll raise you my scar. You know, it's like the poker game of scars. Let me tell you the story, how I got that one. You know, and so guys, especially when we get around a campfire, we're, uh, we start comparing stories of, of wounds and hurt and like, ah, I've got a scar here. And, 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 that's a dangerous place to, to keep our connection. Because especially when you think about Jesus, he could come in and go, I got y'all beat. I mean, when he shows his scars and then tells the story behind the scars, that's, that's going to put everything, everything to shame because he was arrested, he was beaten, he was nailed to the cross to take the punishment for my sin. And he gave his life and he was laid in a tomb. And this is what, this is what Acts 2 says about it. This is what Peter, one of the, the apostles, says in his preaching after the resurrection. He says, Jesus of Nazareth was a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. And I love Acts 2.24. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Our Jesus carries the wounds. He carries the scars and he was placed in a tomb, but it was impossible for death to hold him. That's the ultimate story of the scars that he has. And so Thomas is saying, unless I can connect with those scars, I'm not believing. And then, then a few days later, it says eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with him. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Jesus walks through the walls. I mean, the doors were locked. I mean, the walls aren't a problem for Jesus. He walked through the tomb. I mean, it, the, the stone wasn't rolled away so Jesus could get out. It was so we could see inside. It was so we could verify that this place is empty. Just what the, what the angel said is, why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen, just as he told you. And so he walks through the tomb. He walks through the walls and into Thomas. And he says, hey, I know your heart. You want to connect with my wounds. Here, touch. Here, here, here. Feel this. And Thomas, what I find interesting, it doesn't say that Thomas touched the wounds because in his earlier comment, he says, unless I can put my hand there, unless I can touch those wounds, I'm not believing. But when Jesus walks in and he says, here I am, Thomas, touch. Come on. This is Thomas's response. He says, my Lord and my God. Without touching, he just says, my Lord and my God, and Jesus asked him, have you believed because you've seen me? Then he closes that conversation with, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. This, this transformation in Thomas, you know, he gets the name Doubting Thomas. I, I don't think that's an accurate name. I think it was a Thomas who needed to connect with a, a resurrected Savior to see his wounds. And, and we see a submitted Thomas. We see a, we see a Thomas who's humbled himself to the resurrected King and declares to him, my Lord and my God. 
when he sees him, I think he sees the culmination of everything Jesus had shared with him in his ministry. And we, Jesus closes that by saying, blessed are those who haven't seen yet believe. And, and our faith is not based on seeing Jesus. Our faith is based on the truth that he gave his life for us on a cross, that he was laid in a tomb and that on the third day, he walked victoriously from that tomb. That's the truth we stand on. And we see that through faith. We see our, our crucified, our wounded savior through faith. And we see our resurrected, healed Jesus through faith. And those, those wounds that he had turned to scars. And he bears the marks. I find it interesting. There's a lot of debate on, on, you know, when we get to heaven, we know that all sickness is wiped out. You know, all this that we're going through right now with virus and disease and, and, and the loss to sickness is nothing new for us in humanity as, as we fight diseases all the time. And as the world unites to fight the COVID-19 virus in this season, um, one day all this will be redeemed, that there will be no more sickness. And then we, when we're resurrected, when we, when we enter in the presence of God, we realize a glorified body and that body, all the wounds and the scars and the, the flesh and the, the, the things that hold me back. I don't worry about those anymore when I'm in the presence of Jesus but I find it interesting that he says, I bear those marks. And what's, what's beautiful about that is the marks that we carry from our humanity will be redeemed and glorified. The marks that Jesus took for us, the wounds weren't from his humanity, they were from his deity. And he bears those in heaven because his resurrected body, when he walked out of that tomb, it was his glorified body. And in his glorified state, he bears those marks because those wounds, those scars are a sign for us of his glory, not his deficiency. But those scars tell a beautiful story. And our lives find hope in those scars. Our lives find a place in those scars. And scars tell a story of hurt. Every one of us has times in our past where we've experienced a hurt and pain. I mean, even before Jesus was crucified, even before Jesus was born, there's prophecy in Isaiah 53, 5 that says he was pierced for our transgressions. He was wounded for our iniquities. He took that on. In Isaiah chapter 49, the prophecy says in verse 16, God's saying, look, I've engraved you on the palm of my hands. Jesus knows hurt. He knows the only way for us to be redeemed and to, to receive salvation, receive the righteousness that can only come from him was for him to bear these marks and for him to experience the pain and the suffering and the brutality and the wounds of the cross. The only hope for redemption was for him to be wounded, for him to be hurt. Jesus was wounded for us and Jesus knows our pain. I mean, we, we carry scars in our life. We carry physical scars. We carry emotional scars. And those scars stem from some type of hurt. Look, I, I, I grew up on a farm and I, I, I was outside playing all the time. And it felt like I was constantly, when I remember back, it felt like every day we went out playing, I ran back in crying because I'd cut myself or hurt myself. And I bear scars from those experiences 
I bear scars from times I've been hurt. I carry emotional scars from times I've been wounded emotionally. And, and, and hurt is a real thing. The, even in this time, we need to remember that this, this is a time where many millions across the world, billions are, are hurting because life has been disrupted. And, and we will carry scars from this crisis. But the story can't stop with the hurt. The story has to move on because the scars tell a story of healing. That there's hope. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, this is what we see in scripture. It says, he, Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, we have been healed. Because Jesus took the wounds on our behalf, he's opened up healing for us, healing physically, healing emotionally, and the ultimate healing spiritually by his victory over death provides a healing in us spiritually so that we can be reconciled with God, that our sin can be forgiven, that we can also in the process that Jesus went through of, of death to life, you and I are walking around without Christ, we're dead, we're walking in death. But when we submit and say to Jesus, you're my Lord and my God, there's a healing in our soul that happens. It's immediate and our sins are forgiven. Our past has been redeemed and, and we see this healing happening. Scars are a sign that healing has happened. I mean, I've had surgeries and, and, and I see those scars and, and I see that that was a painful moment. That was a hurt. But the scar reminds me that I've walked through a process of healing. And some of you bear scars right now, but the healing hasn't happened. And I've got to say, it's a process. It's a process. We, we carry scars emotionally and, and, and those wounds get, get, get reopened. I think maybe instead of a scar, that might be a scab because it continues to get irritated and we find ourselves back in the hurt cycle. And many times we want Jesus to do it instantly instantly. I mean, we see in scripture where Jesus would touch somebody, he would speak a word and instantly they were healed. We saw the power of the Holy Spirit moving through the disciples in the book of Acts where instantly they were healed. But I, I've got to tell you that healing is a process. The instantaneous piece of it is the supernatural nature of God expediting that process. That we have to be willing to go through the process of letting the healer heal us because our scar story can't stop with the hurt. It's got to say, but we've walked in healing or we're walking in healing. Look, I know some of you have been dealing with scars for years. Those wounds are years old and the wounds are deep. And I want to invite you into a process of, of letting the healer heal you. You've been hurt, but you're not healing and it's time to submit to the wounded hands of Jesus. So your story, your scars tell a story of hurt, moves to healing and ultimately our scars tell a story of hope. That when we see the scars of Jesus, when Thomas sees the wounds, his declaration as he, he humbles himself and he says, my Lord and my God, he sees the hope in that because he saw the hopeless day of the cross. He saw the, the hopelessness of, 
of the one who had claimed to be fully God and the one who was Messiah and Savior. And he'd walked with years of his life and seen him perform. And he says, the the works of God. And, And he would hear Jesus say, what you hear me say comes from the Father. The things I do come from the Father. The Father sent me and we're one. And if you believe in him, believe in me also. And Thomas had heard all of this, but he sees the culmination of hopelessness in the cross because Jesus is crucified. The nails have gone in. He, he has given up his last breath. The sky goes dark. There's earthquakes. And it, it, is, it is a terror-filled day. And he sees the hopelessness of that. And then they, they scatter and go, man, what? I thought he was the one. I, I don't get this. But when he sees the wounds in Jesus' hands and his side, and Jesus invites him to connect with those wounds, he sees the hope. Because the hope wasn't just the cross. See, the cross paid the penalty for our sin. But the hope is in the resurrection. And the scars that Jesus bears from the crucifixion that that he, he walked into resurrected life with brings us hope. I, I have scars and they remind me of, of hope. I have wounds that, that I can look at and go, one day this will be healed because I've placed this wound in the wounded, scarred hands of Jesus and, and this will be redeemed. I want, I want you to have hope. In this, in this time, it's up to us. It's up to those who have placed our faith in the resurrected Jesus not just to spend this, this, this time celebrating his resurrection, but walk in the hope that he's called, called us to walk in, that he's given us. Because there's a world that desperately is seeing a lot of hopelessness cloud around them. And you and I are the hands and feet of Jesus, the wounded ones that he's sending into the world to reveal his scars, to bring hope to the hopeless. This is an incredible chapter and season in the life of humanity because it's up to us to bring this hope and and I can have hope because his scars secured it. So I just just wanna be honest with you that life is difficult. We were never promised an easy life. We were never promised that when we put put our faith in Jesus that everything's gonna go our way. What, what we have in that hope is that Jesus has overcome the world and that we have a place in him in eternal glory. And that if we, Romans 8 tells us, if we share in his sufferings, we will also share in his glory. That's the hope that I have to look forward to. And, and in this time, Easter looks different this year. This isn't what I wanted. I'm staring at a camera. I would much rather be seeing all of your faces dressed in your your Easter outfits and your finest and getting to hug you and interact and photobomb your pictures in the commons area and then go and have this incredible Easter celebration feast with, with all of my family. But it doesn't look that way this year. But there's still hope and, and we're going to carry scars from this season and from this time but I have hope in the healer. And ultimately, the wounds that we receive now turn to scars and they tell a story. I wanna ask you this, what is your story gonna be? What is your story gonna be? Are you going to let 
the redeemer, the author and perfecter and finisher of faith, write your redemption story. Because your life is not the sum total of the wounds you've received. When he writes your redemption story, he begins to take those wounds and use them for his glory so that you see the redemption that he's bought to cover your past, to cover your hurts. And I want to invite you, I want to invite you into that story of redemption. Look, you're going to get some discussion questions at the end of this this teaching time for for your families that are gathered and many many of our groups are watching on Zoom and, and you're, you're discussing these together. But, but I, I just wanna, I want, I want you to hone in here for a second. I just, just lock in with me. I know this is a different format and a different scenario. And I know a lot of people have been inviting people to watch in these, these, these broadcasts. And I, I just wanna say this to you. I want to make an invitation to you that today in the middle of all of this can be the day that you receive hope. Can be the day that becomes your celebration day, your resurrection day, the day that you walked from death into life, the day that you placed all of your wounds and all of the scars that you carry into the scarred hands of Jesus and you submit to him and say, my Lord and my God, I'm inviting you to that salvation because the salvation story is a story of redemption. That Jesus, who is fully God, laid down his life willingly on a cross to bear the weight and shame and pain and penalty of our sin. And he was placed in a, in a borrowed tomb, but it could not contain him. And on the third day, Easter, Sunday, he walked out of that tomb victorious and he's ready to walk into your life. He's standing here saying, here are my wounds. I was wounded for you. Would you connect with that? Would you respond to him and say, Jesus, you're my Lord and my God. And I place everything in your hands. I want to, I want, I want you to pray with me. And if this is that time that you're ready to make that decision, then I I just want you to say this. I'd say, Jesus, I believe that you are alive. I believe that you were crucified and paid for my sin. I believe that you took the wounds on my behalf, that you were pierced for my transgressions and that you rose again to show that you have the beautiful power over sin, over death, over a difficult past. You have power over wounds. You have power over hurt. You have power in our healing and you are the author of hope. So Jesus, I'm asking you to be my savior and I'm submitting to you as my Lord and my God. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you that we come to this point and celebrate the resurrection. But I pray that our lives, not just on this day and on this moment, this Easter weekend, that we we focus on the resurrection. Jesus, let us keep the resurrection fully in front of us at all times so that every day, every moment is a celebration of your resurrection. Thank you for taking the cross for me. Thank you for your power. 
that was displayed through the resurrection. And as we look back on the scars of our life, let us be reminded that your scars prove that you are alive and that you are victorious. It's in your mighty, holy, precious name we pray. Amen, amen. Listen to me, if you made that decision, there's a link that's gonna be placed on your screen. And I want you to click that link and that link is gonna just be, I made this decision. And we have people that have been praying throughout this entire service. I've been praying for you. And I want you to click that link and someone is gonna reach out to you via text, phone. If you want a Zoom call, if you want a FaceTime, we're gonna reach out to you so that we can talk with you and help make that connection with you so that you don't have to make this decision in isolation and you don't have to walk out the next steps of this decision in isolation. Listen, if that was your decision, I just have something to say to you. Welcome to the family. I love you, Creek. And I look forward to the day that we can all gather again and hug and celebrate this resurrection together. But until then, know this, I love you. I'm praying for you and we will get through this together. God bless. Thank you for listening to this message from the Creek Church. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast, or if you have any questions, you can email us at info at